After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Please move it. Please move it. Please move it. I got to admit this. I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on this. I'm bang on. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Watch it here. Good checking, guys. Good play. You know, Josh, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, and I still often, at some point during the week, think, I'm really not sure what we're going to talk about this week. There's not a lot of game situations or suspensions and supplementary discipline. But always when we get around to nearing recording time, the NHL and other hockey leagues provide us with a bounty of stories. On a week-to-week basis, whether it's a disputed call, whether it's a coach's challenge, whether it's chaos, there's always something that seems to come up on a week-to-week basis here, Todd. It's it's fun, it's an adventure, and uh, the NHL never lets us down. And I think we've got just a little bit about everything in that regard this week on the Scouting the Refs podcast. Please make sure you're following us on our social channels. For Josh, of course, it's at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and on Instagram. And I know you've bookmarked ScoutingTheRefs.com. And for me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports on both Twitter and Instagram. On this week's episode, Bunting's Diving Act, not one but two goals called back, sticky situations, and... Just what did John Cooper say to Wes McCauley? I think that sort of envelops most of everything that we're going to touch on. It does. And with with Cooper being a lawyer, I have to imagine that his words were chosen very carefully (laughs) with intention and full understanding of the potential outcome of those words. Yes, it will be very interesting to see where this one progresses in the days ahead. It has been a little while. Since we had one of these, I was trying to remember exactly when the last one came up this season, but we got Toronto Maple Leafs forward Michael Bunting fined $2,000 for diving. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Fine $2,000 for embellishment. That's what it's called. It's called <laughs> embellishment because Bunting was issued a warning after an incident was flagged by hockey operations against the Nashville Predators on November 16th and then got his second citation which triggers the $2,000 fine that was in a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins on February the 17th. Now, I I watched this again and again and again, and honestly, it really didn't look like too much to me, but I guess they felt it rose to the level of discipline, and that means he pays a few bucks. Yeah, and I think when we look at the diving and embellishment fines, and, and thanks, Todd, for breaking out the difference between a dive and embellishment, <laughs> because there there is, you know, some fans get very frustrated on, hey, how come they're calling this penalty or why don't they just call the dive and not call the penalty? And you have two separate situations there, really. You have diving when there's no penalty on the play and you see a guy hit the ice, fall backwards, flail his arms and heads up, soccer style diving to mm-hmm. try to implicate that there was something on the play and then you have embellishment where there there was an actual penalty there was a hook there was a trip and just to oversell the call you see the guy wave his arms around snap his head back whatever the case may be where he's embellishing it so diving typically no penalty and you're diving embellishment typically there is a penalty and you're embellishing the call so you're both getting called for that one And, and that's more or less the lines of how it works out so this was an embellished play. I didn't think it was an oversold one, but I, I do think that 
where the bar is for the league is is that they feel that players are trying to embarrass them or embarrass the officials by doing this. And it, it's one of those things where it might not be significant, but if they see or they feel that there was intent to oversell that penalty call, then then they're going to hit with the fine. And, and certainly they do the warning first. So you've got that grace period. You've got that, hey, we caught you doing it once. Don't do it again. And when you do, like Michael Bunting did, uh, no matter how minor it was, when you hit the ice, when you make the call worse, when you try to get the officials to buy into that penalty call that might not be deserved, you're, you're going to get the $2,000 fine. So I, I agree it wasn't a significant one. It wasn't overly flagrant, but one where he did seem to hit the ice a little bit easier than he should have. Style points. That's Style. all it was. Style points. <laughs> so you get a $2,000 fine, but... <laughs> Based on the style points, you you may get a, a savings on that. You know, where because it was uh, artistic, we're going to knock it down to fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, the style rebate, yeah. I guess, maybe as we look at that. I'm I'm wondering though if for offenses like this, you could you could do things a little bit differently, kind of the way they do with I don't know minor traffic offenses if they still do it. If you you know it's a it's a bit of a rolling stop, you didn't come to a full stop. Instead of getting a ticket, you have to go back to traffic school and spend some time there, sort of a re education process and that wipes your record clean maybe that's another way to look at it oh you know i i think it it could be of just forcing them to sit there and and watch soccer videos from overseas <laughs> of guys just flopping left and right and going do you want to be this guy is this you don't be this guy don't let this happen to you <laughs> okay I, okay maybe we're on to something there there, there was a lot of style in the play by Montreal Canadiens forward Brendan Gallagher in the Habs game against Winnipeg during a goal mouth scramble. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was it was a funny one. They were down three goals to the Winnipeg Jets, and I guess you do anything <laughs> to try to get the puck across the line because there was a goal scored, and Brendan Gallagher was looked at and ruled to have kicked the puck across the goal line, and I don't know how you could rule anything else. Uh, no, and I laughed when you said they're down by three because he was going for an NFL field goal with that <laughs> kick. <laughs> so uh, had that gone in, he, he would have tied it up, right? It was possibly the most uh, flagrant and uh, foot-elevating kick I've seen since Artemi Panarin celebrating goals being scored. It was a full follow-through. <laughs> it was leg up high. Uh, it, I mean, great form just not for hockey. So this was a, this was the definition to me of what not to do. If you're going to try to get a goal off the skate, this is clearly not the way to go about it because there has been no more distinct kicking motion in NHL history. This one may be added to the video rule book, I think. I, it absolutely should be. I mean, I, I think we need those borderline cases and then we need the simple ones to say, here's here's an extreme case, but enjoy. Yes. Okay, so here's an interesting one from the Edmonton Oilers and Carolina Hurricanes game. Linesman Ryan Daisy and Kyle Flemington had a bit of a tough go in the early going. Not one, but two offside calls that didn't occur resulted in goals. One for each team were called back on coaches' challenges. Now, I'm, I'm not being hard on the guys. I'm not giving them the business, but... This is why we have video review, is to get these calls right. This is two goals that were scored, then after video review came back. One for each team. The first one was from Connor McDavid in the early going. Carolina responded later, and they also had a goal called back. So, Josh, I know you've done the research, so 
has this ever happened before? Because I can't remember it. You know, it has. And I was surprised that it's it's even happened earlier this season where we had each team lose a goal because of a coach's challenge. Now, this one was a little bit different, but back in November, Bruins, Canucks, we had two goals overturned that were both offside. Vancouver lost theirs in the first period and the Bruins lost theirs with nine seconds remaining in the third period. So a little different because that was initiated by hockey operations since it came in the final minute of play to have one where it was an actual coach's challenge initiated by the opposing team. You have to go way back to find when we've had a goal from each team wiped off the board from a true coach's challenge. It, it hasn't happened even going back two, three years. We've seen situations where the same team lost two goals or we've had two successful challenges in the game, both to the same team. And, uh, you know, that's a heartbreaker going back uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. We had, we had the flyers lose two goals most recently, both uh, because of a coach's challenge. So it, it does happen from time to time, but very rare when you see the coaches square off in, in a coach's challenge duel. <laughs> where <laughs> In this case, it was a draw. Wow. That's a, that's amazing to me. But, but again, this is a reminder of why we have video review and I can't imagine going back now and thinking about, okay, what if video review had not come in? Then I, I think we would be in a much worse place in terms of officiating. I'm, I'm glad that it's there. I think it works well. I think it works efficiently. Now you have the proper penalty if you have an unsuccessful challenge. And I, I think it eliminates frivolous challenges. I think it's working really well for everyone. I, I think it is. I think you nailed the, the key part to me that the penalty is the right way to go because you still have that timeout, but you also have the flexibility to challenge multiple times. And we've seen coaches do it. And sometimes they're successful and sometimes they're not. And the, when you get those unsuccessful challenges, it actually escalates to a double minor, but you still have that option as a coach. So you don't have it as one shot. You just know there's that escalating penalty if you're wrong. But I think it's the right level because we've seen challenges overall come down. So you don't have the frivolous ones. You don't have the guys who are just, oh, let's let's take a shot at it. And worst case, we, we get a timeout out of the play. No, now you don't want to be shorthanded and give up a goal. So I, I think it it is the right balance there. And I think it, this is where the league wants it to be. I know some folks still hate the offside challenge, but it's one of the few rules that are really black and white that we can get the call right via video review. And there are definitely times when it's it's hard to see definitively, but the majority of the time, if it's the wrong call, we can get it corrected. And, and I think that's where the league wants to use video review for these offside plays. So as frustrating as they are, they're getting the call right and they're doing it only when it's absolutely essential or when the teams feel strongly that it was the wrong call made. So I, I think this is working exactly as the league had intentioned when they put this into place. A sticky situation to deal with next, and this is from Columbus Blue Jackets player Andrew Peake in a game versus the Florida Panthers. The puck came to Peake in his own zone as he was backing up, and he tried to fire the puck back out of his own zone. Here's where the problem occurs. The stick breaks as he's trying to fire the puck across the line and peak held on to the stick a little longer than he should have in fact he started playing defensively and actually deflected the puck away from a florida panthers forward and at this point there is no choice but the arm of steve kazari goes up and he's going to get whistled for two. Oh, it was it was funny i i, I didn't <laughs> want to see him i knew he was going to get the call but to to see a guy playing with a stick that had snapped in half but was still connected so it's it's flopping around back and forth he's waving at the puck 
you really have to appreciate his attempt to continue the defensive play. But unfortunately, that was instinct taking over, right? You want to prevent the goal. Mm -hmm. You want to break the play up, even though part of your brain is telling you that you have to drop your broken stick. Good for Peak for trying to stick with it on the defense. But unfortunately, you you can't use the busted twig and they're not going to let you do. You you get a little second or two before you have to drop it. And certainly he outlasted what Steve Kazari was going to let him get away with. Yeah, I think when the puck deflected away into the corner, I think that was pretty much uh, sealing his fate. At that if you point. watch him on the video, he he almost glances down at his stick for a second, like he's evaluating. You know, do can I kill? Can I still play with this stick? Can I can I maybe make yeah. a play? Can I do it's anything the, here? It but, hasn't detached. It's not two right. separate sticks yet, but yeah, still. It's a anyhow. wobbly custom job. Come on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, another troubling spot for Austin Watson of the Ottawa Senators. He's had his run-ins this year. In fact, he was suspended earlier this year, but was very hot at the officials in the Sens game versus the Florida Panthers this week. This was a pretty spicy little game. There were some hits. There was some physical play each way. And in the third period of this one, after big scrum and Watson and Radko Gudis wound up wrestling and tussling on the ice, they were separated. They were tossed with misconducts to get them out of the game. And let's just say Austin Watson had a lot to say to the officials, and it appeared to be directed at referee Trevor Hansen. What will happen? I'm not sure about this, but there were definitely some some harsh words exchanged. And depending on which highlight show or package you may be watching, you either let red lips or they were blurred out because it was rather explicit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a lip reader, but I think it was pretty clear at least some of the words that Watson chose on his way out. And he, he seemed to be assigning blame to the official. Not sure if it was for how the fight was broken up there. In this case, as they fell to the ice, we had Ryan Daisy busy trying to separate some of the other battles that were happening. And it was C.J. Murray, a rookie linesman, who was between Watson and Radko Gouda. So not sure if he was upset that the referee didn't help break that up sooner or if it was just the general tone of the game and how things had been called throughout that he was assigning blame for the escalation to how referees Jake Brank and Trevor Hansen were calling the game. But either way, he was not not pleased at all with the outcome there, which it's it's funny when you think about it, Todd. I mean, I, I know these are all grown men. These are adults and everybody mm-hmm. has to be responsible for their actions. And it was Brady Kachuk's roughing on Patrick Hornquist that really sparked everything. So if you want to point a finger at anybody, Austin, it might be right across the locker room from you on who sparked it. Now, whether Kachuk's actions, well, whether he felt Kachuk's actions were in response to the way the game was being officiated, that's a different story. I've seen a lot of comment about this game and, oh, you should have called this, or if you had called that, this wouldn't have happened. Officiating is not a perfect science and neither is playing hockey. So if you're going to be critical of officials on the ice for not making every call correctly or missing a call here and there, as does happen because they're human, then I think you have to hold your team to at least the same standard. How many passes were missed? How many shots were missed? How many shots were blocked? There's there's a, an unrealistic expectation, I think, at times of officials. That's a great point. I mean, we look at room for error on the ice and not every shot is stopped by a goalie. Not every shot taken by a player hits the net. So there's definitely room for error. I mean, just imagine if fans were jumping on these guys for every missed pass. And I guess in some cases, in some situations, they do. But mm-hmm. you, you put that into perspective pretty well, Todd, of saying that it's it's not a perfect game for anyone out there. And the officials are looking to keep it safe. They want to penalize those plays that disrupt a scoring chance. But 
you know, there's that big valley between let them play, don't call anything, and call a tight game. And not everybody's going to be happy on every night. But uh, hey, you also didn't make all your passes tonight. So uh, let's let's acknowledge that there's room for error there. Everybody's trying to do their best, and they're not going to get everything. But uh, that applies to the players and the officials. Okay, there's one more I want to look at. This involves a game with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins this past week. At the end of the period, several of the players on each team got involved in a scrum. There was pushing, there was shoving, there were takedowns, probably a few face washes, etc., etc. As a result of this, there were a number of players on both sides that received penalties. The Tampa Bay Lightning wound up with the extra penalty, and that put the Pittsburgh Penguins on the power play. Well, Tampa Bay head coach John Cooper was not really pleased about this and expressed his dissatisfaction with the way things were handled to veteran referee Wes McCauley. And it is rare, but it has happened in the past. I seem to recall it happening to Peter Laviolette. I think John Hines got one of these once too. But Wes McCauley threw John Cooper out of the game. And... I think that really surprised everyone, A, because it happened, and B, because it was John Cooper. Yeah, here's your Stanley Cup winning coach. Here's here's a lawyer. Here's a guy who knows how to say what he wants to say in a way that is measured and prepared. And hey, what he wanted to say was something that Wes McCauley didn't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely interesting. It was Cooper's first time getting tossed. McCauley's done it before. He's, he's sent a couple guys packing in the past. Uh, Mike Sullivan, actually, I think was the last time mm. McCauley sent somebody off, which is interesting because he was on the opposing bench for the game that Cooper left. But, uh, you know, I, I think, Todd, it, Cooper's a smart guy, and I think he knows what he's doing. And I think it was a, a tough loss for his team. That's what they were headed. They, they were trailing at the time. They end up losing the game five to one. And I think sometimes you want to deflect and, I, and perhaps going out there and saying things and knowing you're going to get tossed from the game, you, you look at that as an opportunity to send a message to your team that, you know, you stick by them and the officials are out to get us and we didn't like the way this was going. So I, I wonder how much of this was Cooper blowing up and how much of this was really a, a calculated move to try to help rally his troops and uh, get them ready for the next game and the next set of officials, which apparently will be Wes McCauley again. Oh, isn't that interesting that Wes McCauley will referee the next game for the Tampa Bay Lightning? But I, I agree with you 100% on, yes, there are times coaches say and do things to get the, the attention of their team. And yes, John Cooper is very measured in what he says because his legal training teaches him to be prepared and understand what he's going to say. I think he made an excellent point that... I don't understand why the Pittsburgh Penguins are the least penalized <laughs> team in the NHL. You don't think that maybe telegraphs something down the road? He knows exactly what he's doing. The other thing that I found interesting is that John Cooper was surprised that he was ejected because he was quite sure that Wes McCauley had heard what he said to him previously and that this was not some outrageous comment or suggestion that was thrown his way. Yeah, and I guess everything's situational, right? Depending on what's going on in the game at the time, what may have been said earlier in the game, where where things are going, that you try to draw that line, but it's not always going to be the same in every situation or every phrase that is uttered or sent your way. And, and I can see where there might be a time that something that you let go before in a situation that wasn't as hot or where you didn't need to send a message and, and maybe you let the coach blow off some steam a little bit 
And on the flip side, you definitely have those moments where, hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to let you do this and I can't let you get away with it. And that's where we were for Lightning Penguins. This was just a Wes McCauley sending a message of here's where the line is and you clearly have crossed it. So here's one part of this whole situation that I'm a little sad about. You have a referee who is known for personality. Everyone loves the great calls that Wes McCauley gives when two guys are penalized five minutes for fighting with the whole gesture. You have a rare occurrence where a coach is being tossed out of the game. I was looking for the great gesture. I mean, it's not the classic baseball umpire and manager who are nose to nose <laughs> and yelling at each other. But I was looking for like the big gesture of like the big wind up and throwing them out of here. Like you're out of here. You're never coming back. You're done. You're gone. That's it. You're gone. That's what I missed from this whole thing. Yeah, it's a bit anticlimactic to just have Macaulay announce through the whole of uh to the penalty timekeeper of here's what's going on. And then he skates across the rink and just points. It was it was not as exciting as it could have been. There was no announcement over the PA system from Macaulay. And I think what everybody wanted, Todd, it, assuming that you can't have a, a dust up, you can't kick snow on each other. It's it's just mm. not it's not gonna work. But we could have had him go head to head. I think Macaulay could have gone over there with the mic and uh, you know, let's let's let them both get on the mic. Let's let's have a, a rap battle. Let's pull an Eminem here and have Cooper and Macaulay <laughs> Let's have them go head to head here. I want to hear the insults back and forth. I want to hear who's quick, who can spit some rhymes, who can make this work. I think I think that's where the NHL really dropped the ball is that uh, for a coach ejection, I think it needs to be preceded by uh, by a rap battle. A full throwdown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. 